Hey Toppers, I gotta let the cat out of the bag and tell you that Turn of Phrases has a new sponsor. It's called Boss Boxes, which is a monthly gaming subscription box. From console gaming boxes to PC boxes, they have it all to boost your gaming experience. New merchandise from the biggest gaming brands can be delivered right to your doorstep every month. And if you use my special code, Turn of Phrases, at checkout, you can save 10% on every purchase you make. So go over to bossboxes.store to check them out. After you listen to today's episode, that is. Okay, on with the show. Please listen carefully. Good day to you, toppers, and welcome to episode 6 of the Turn of Phrases podcast. I'm so thankful you've chosen to give me some of your time today, whether it's your first time here or you're coming back for more. Today's topic comes from a topper suggestion over on Reddit, and it's the idiom, a penny for your thoughts. But I'm also going to look at the idiom, my two cents, and then compare the two idioms against each other to see if we can figure out just exactly how many pennies our thoughts are worth. Strap in for the first... And who knows, if this doesn't go well, maybe it'll be the last tournament of phrases. So let's start small here and look at a penny for your thoughts. This idiom is used when someone seems to be lost in thought, and you want to know what they are thinking. So you offer them a penny for their thoughts. No one actually ever pays out, though, so what is the reason for this phrase? Like many of the other phrases we've looked at, it's hard to nail down exactly when this phrase started being used. Not only do we not know exactly when the saying started, it's actually hard to be 100% sure where the word penny even came from. We have a pretty good idea, though. It most likely came from Penda, an English ruler. Not the measuring kind, the reigning over lands kind. He was the king of Mencia from 626 to 655 AD, and he liked to issue coins called pending. That's P-E-N-D-I-N-G. Something that backs this theory up is the fact that the old English word for penny is the word penige, I think is how it's pronounced. It's P-E-N-I-G-E. We have an old king using coins called pendings and an old word for penny of penige that give us a clue as to where the word penny came from. So the phrase's exact origins in the spoken word are a bit up in the air. But since the usage of penny or a similar word is old, the idiom a penny for your thoughts could be old too. However, we do know the first time the idiom was put down on paper, at least in the English language. For that, we have the English writer Sir Thomas More to thank. In his book, Four Last Things, which was published after his death, but is believed to be written sometime around 1522, he wrote, and this is the least old-timey version I could find, quote, As it often happeth that the very face showeth the mind walking a pilgrimage in such wise that not without some note and reproach of such vagrant mind other folk suddenly say to them, a penny for your thought. End quote. What Moore is saying here is that when an old man is being silent, people will offer him money to try gaining his wisdom. 
Even though Moore was a popular writer at the time, this particular usage didn't help the idiom become widely used. That actually came a few years later, around 1547, when another English writer, John Haywood, who was popular for his plays and comedies and poking fun at the church and king, gathered together enough proverbs to fill 200 pages. It was originally titled A Dialogue Containing the Number and Effect of All the Proverbs in the English Tongue, but the title was thankfully later shortened to The Proverbs and Epigrams of John Haywood. He always maintains that he never wrote any of the proverbs he included in the book, only compiled them, and one of the proverbs he included in his book was a version of our idiom of the day, quote, Freeand, quoth the good man, a penny for your thought, end quote. After that, the idiom became so popular and often used that people would sometimes shorten it to just the phrase, a penny for them, or even just the word penny. An example of this can be found in English writer H.G. Wells's novel, Love and Mr. Lewisham, which was written in 1900. He wrote, quote, Presently she looked up from an experimental arrangement of her cornflowers and discovered Lewisham no longer reading, but staring blankly at the middle of the tablecloth, with an extraordinary misery in his eyes. She forgot the cornflowers and stared at him. Penny, she said after an interval. Lewisham started and looked up. End quote. Writers still like to use the full idiom, however. For example, in 1942, English children's writer Enid Blyton wrote Five on a Treasure Island. The following is an excerpt from that book. Quote, this was a long thought to think, and George looked very serious while she was thinking it. Julian looked up and caught her blue eyes fixed on him. He smiled. Penny for your thoughts, he said. They're not worth a penny, said George, going red. End quote. So, for a good long time, people have been offering others a penny for their thoughts, both in print and verbally. But why do we sometimes offer double the money to share our thoughts and opinions? Let's now look into the idiom, my two cents, to find out. The meaning of this idiom is simply to give your opinion. The two cents part is believed by many to come from an analogy of the act of making an ante during a game of poker, which would have been two bits. Since that action would allow you entry into the game, the phrase of giving your two cents makes sense because it allows you entry into the conversation. Another believed possibility is that it came about as a sarcastic response to a penny for your thoughts, because when someone would offer too much upon being asked to share their thoughts, the person who'd asked them to share would say something along the lines of how they offered a penny, but got two cents worth. One other possible origin I found was that in old-timey times in England, to send a letter, you used the two-penny post. So you literally had to pay two pennies to share your written thoughts with someone. However, finding documented proof of any of these isn't something that is exactly a breeze to do. They are all sort of word-of-mouth beliefs, but they all have a good plausibility to them. So, perhaps the true origin is one of them, or a combination of all three. It's also surprisingly difficult to find examples of this idiom in print. 
I did quite a lot of research, and except for the story in the Bible of the woman who gave her only two coins she had left as a donation to the church, and a lot of online and print articles titled My Two Cents About Insert Item Here, I actually couldn't find much of anything. So, I'm sorry, toppers, but I failed to find proof of when this phrase may have showed up in print. But since it's sort of an extension of the first idiom, penny for your thoughts, that kind of makes sense. It isn't its own idiom that came about freely from anything else. It morphed from something else, so it isn't going to be as well documented. Now it's time for the tournament of phrases. To compare what is worth more, a penny for your thoughts or your two cents. With a penny for your thoughts, the other person is being nosy. With your two cents, you're the one in control of offering your thoughts to them. One penny is less than two, and more is better, so the phrase with two should win over the phrase with only one, right? Well, hold your horses, toppers. Let's look at the humble little penny and see if being offered one penny to give up your thoughts or offering two pennies to someone else to be able to share an opinion is really as clear-cut as it sounds. See, a long time ago, a penny could buy a whole lot more than it can now. I mean, a penny can't really buy anything these days, but still. If you look at Matthew 10.29 from the Bible, you see that, quote, are not two sparrows sold for a penny, end quote. So way back then, you could purchase two birds for just one measly penny. I guess that makes it not so measly. And if you listened to episode two of Turn of Phrases, you know that a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, maybe even more. So if a penny is worth two birds, what does that make a penny in the hand worth? Okay, sorry, I think I'm getting off track here. Let's refocus. Around 1540, which, as I discussed earlier in the episode, was around the time the idiom, a penny for your thoughts, first started appearing in print. A penny was actually made of silver. Because of that, and if we adjust for inflation, that would make a penny worth approximately $2.50 in today's money. So, if someone were to offer you a penny for your thoughts, you'd be getting two and a half dollars. But if you offer your opinion you have to pay them $5. So, in the first ever tournament of phrases, I think, at least if we go by monetary value alone, a penny for your thoughts is the clear-cut winner. And with that, it's now time for this week's metaphorical moment. It's just a metaphor, dude. It's a metaphor. Curious metaphor. A metaphor. That's just a metaphor. This week, since I already had money on my mind, I thought I'd take a look at a metaphor that I'm sure many, if not all of us, have heard at least once in our lives. Money doesn't grow on trees. The meaning of this metaphor is pretty straightforward. You should be careful with how much money you spend, because it's not a renewable resource. At least not in the same way that fruit that grows on trees every year is. Virtually any tree will be able to grow without human intervention. It just needs soil, sunlight, and rain. It'll keep growing with or without us doing anything. But if humans don't work, humans don't have money. This is unfortunately another one of those phrases with no clearly known origin. 
However, it did start showing up in print in the 19th century. In the Landmark, a newspaper from Statesville, North Carolina, they printed in an 1891 edition, quote, Money doesn't grow on trees here yet, end quote. Also, a side note, if anyone is listening from Statesville and money has started growing on trees there, hit me up on Twitter or Facebook so I can pack up and move to Statesville because that would be awesome. Anyway, back to reality. A few years later, in 1897, G.W. Calderwood and G.T. Loofborough wrote a book called Oakland, Athens of the Pacific, and it stated, quote, Gold doesn't grow on trees in Alameda County. Don't come here with an idea that it does. End quote. Now, I don't know who Calderwood and Loofborough are. I don't know if they wrote other books. I don't know what they did for a living if writing was all they did, but I really like their sassiness, and I feel like we'd be BFFs. That's a little side note. <laughs> I'll probably cut that out, though. Anyway, moving on. So that's pretty much what there is to know about the metaphor, money doesn't grow on trees. But here's a fun little tidbit about money and trees. In ancient India, people would store their money by using money trees. These were flat metal sculptures shaped like trees, complete with metal branches. Each branch would have a round disc with a hole in the center, each of which was a coin. When you needed some coinage, you just broke one off the tree. So money wasn't growing on trees, but it was being stored in them, in a way. Alright, toppers, that's it for the metaphorical moment, so that's going to be the end of episode 6. As always, I hope you had fun and learned something along the way. I'm actually not going to have a poll after today's episode because I got a handful of topic suggestions from a topper over on Reddit that don't really have a ton of information about them. So I thought I would do a sort of rapid fire episode next week where I sort of go over all of these little topics really quickly to cover them and get the information out there about them to let the topper know what the origins are for these phrases that they wanted to hear about. This podcast is still new, right? You know, I'm trying to find my footing, see what sounds cool, see what works. So no poll after today's episode, but you can still go to at Turn of Phrases on Twitter to follow me. Go to my show notes. You'll see all my other social media information, all my contact information. Thank you again for listening to the Turn of Phrases podcast today. It's researched, written, produced, and hosted by me, Brisky. And until next time, toppers, pinch those pennies. <laughs>